Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by my friend Reese, aka basically now referees. I know we also go as the Reese Incarnate, Bach Lesnar, but I'm telling you, man, these refs have just been um, trending up uh, the past couple weeks, and maybe this week. I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure. We'll talk about it later, possibly. But before we go into to this episode um we we're both busy guys man reese and i just have a lot going on i know reese was at a wedding has been in a couple weddings recently so reese is um is in a secret location right now um so uh, actually his audio quality should be fine so you probably don't even need to know any of the details but reese how's it going man what's what, what's up how was the wedding weekend society cast me out so it's my job now to tell the truth everyone came against me when I put on the mask, just from from doing my job of calling out vigilante referee justice, and now I've become what I have vowed to stop, which is them. You actually sound more like Bane than you do Batman. I have become the reckoning of the NFL officiating, Batman. When all of your rule books are in ruins, then you have my permission to die. <laughs> is that, is that What's doing up, it? man? How was, <laughs> that was that was great. I'm I'm sure we're going to get an influx of uh, of Patreon donations after that monologue. Oh yeah, dude. Especially for the we, we haven't done ASMR on our podcast in a while, so I feel like Bane ASMR is going to have like, a huge had crossover ASMR audience. ASMR Reese, man, we need it. Yeah. Uh, no, otherwise, yeah, things have been good. It's been back-to-back wedding weekends. I was in Chicago last weekend uh, all weekend. I was in Iowa this weekend all weekend. It was a whirlwind, but it was a beautiful wedding, and the rehearsal dinner was at a single speed. So I picked up... Ooh. Y- yeah, baby. Picked me up a sixer, that tip the cow, you know, their award-winning milk stout. Uh, I also had the German pills there, very solid, and honestly, probably the best mustard I've ever had in my life. They make a uh, Pilsner mustard... On site that they don't sell, unfortunately, but dude, it was it slapped. Wow, that's yep. awesome, man. Well, well, let's let's keep this podcast short because Reese and I have lots of things to do today. So uh, we're we're not going to do the beer review, and we're probably not going to do a second segment. We're just going to go right into the Kansas City Chiefs, Minnesota Vikings. It was an intense game, actually. Before we do that, Reese, we still have to pay bills, even if we. Uh, even if we do do not do a beer review and we cut it short. So let us know how they can donate on Patreon and also follow on social media. Being a man on the run isn't cheap. You need cash, lots of it, otherwise they can trace you. So if you want to support my vigilante <laughs> job, donate at patreon.com backslash FCSM to get outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews and information on my location. But no, honestly, no. Check it out because we got a mini series like Speedy and Angry. We have season zero, the Michael Jordan uh, Last Dance documentary, and more to come because we're entering the winter months. So get ready. Check us out. Patreon.com backslash FCSM. You can also find us on Instagram at Fountain City SM. We update about the podcast, some sports memes, and everything in between. All right. Thank you, Reese. Let's get on to this game. Then we got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings, and we win 27-20, to 20, uh, which was a very interesting game. I, I hate that we always start the podcast with, with negatives, but and after two back-to-back wins, but Reese, these 
these mistakes that the Kansas City Chiefs are making are identical week to week that I think we really have to address them. Um, so why don't why don't we start again with the negatives? But of course, Kansas City Chiefs fans, we know we're four and one. We're the best team in the AFC right now. Um, the the uh, the AFC West looks like doo doo, which makes us look really great. So again, we know all these things. Uh, it's just that we really care about our Kansas City Chiefs and want them to get better. And the only way that we can get better at this point is just having Travis Kelsey on the field, right? When we have him off the field, Reese, everything falls apart. And it, this is this is identical to when we didn't have him in, in the beginning of the year. Um, when when you know we, we have to rely on Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, Kadarius Tony, even Noah Gray, um, and it seems like we have consistently the same problems. No Travis Kelsey. We can't get anything done. You know, I'm just going to drop a bomb right here, right now. This is my hot take to open up this podcast. Uh, The Chiefs cannot win a Super Bowl with the current team they have, uh, let alone playing the way they do. Do, What do you think about that? Travis Kelsey? With or without Travis Kelsey, you said? Uh, Yeah, so you're saying the team right now, but like healthy Travis Kelsey in a Super Bowl? Yep. No, so here's what I was thinking about when I was actually driving back from the wedding. Uh, if we're going to do a one-to-one comparison of where the wide receiver slash just receiving player room is from last year, you know, it, the math just doesn't add up. Let's go back and forth. I'm going to ask you these matchups, and you tell me which one wins. So you have last year's Travis Kelsey versus this year's Travis Kelsey. Who wins? Last year's Travis Kelsey. Wide receiver one, Juju Smith-Schuster versus wide receiver one, MVS. Who wins? Um, I actually think wide receiver one is Rasheed Rice, but still, Juju wins. Exactly. Uh, Wide receiver two last year, MVS, versus wide receiver two this year, Justin Watson. Who wins? Oof. Last year's MVS. I mean, you get the gist of where I'm going with this. Last year's offense was just good enough, I think. But I think a lot of us are underestimating just how impactful and important having Juju Smith Juju Smith Schuster as wide receiver one was last year because Marquez Valdez Scantling could go under the radar and not catch any passes in like every game like he is this year. Pretty similar to how he was last year. Yeah, okay, so I will say that this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs can win a Super Bowl, but I'm not saying that they are like the super favorites. I think they're maybe ranked fifth or fourth at best in the NFL right now when it comes to overall team I think this defense is a lot better and that's what will make us contend for a Super Bowl specifically against the Philadelphia Eagles right we see our cornerbacks and we'll talk about the corners a little later we see this defensive line that I think is better than last year's defensive line but offensively like you said I mean, if if we win a Super Bowl, it will be because of the legs of Patrick Mahomes and the legs of Isaiah Pacheco and like maybe a couple miracle plays by Travis Kelsey. So I still think that it's possible if we don't make a move from now to the end of the Super Bowl offensively, I think we can win. But I'm I'm not saying that we're the Super Bowl favorites at, at any point. I think we're maybe like a mid tier, you know, like I said, four, five, six team. I'm really concerned right now, mainly with teams in the NFC. Because I don't know if we've really shut down a good offense yet. I will say our showings against Jacksonville and Minnesota, those are shutting down or like stymieing two good offenses. But it's like if we get in a firefight, let's say, you know, it's deep in January. We're in a firefight with the 49ers and they're just like 
absolute bevy of weapons or the Philadelphia Eagles, let's say uh, Cincinnati gets back to full health, you know, and Joe Burrow's legs doing better. I don't know if we can keep up with them in a shootout. Uh, even the Miami Dolphins, I'm still not sure if that offense is for real yet or if it's kind of like a system offense that really works. I mean, the Bills shut them down. So any of those teams I just mentioned, I'm not sure we can win a first 1-30 to 30 game against those teams. Reese, then what is the alternative? How does this team go from where they're at offensively to uh, being a Super Bowl contender? What do they need to add? It's like we need a reliable wide receiver one, which, you know, I, I'm going on the chat boards and listening to the podcasts all around, you know, and I, I think one potential answer might be that we have the personnel, we're just not using them right. Because Andy Reid mm-hmm. and Matt Nagy have come out and still said they're going to keep playing all of the players at all the different w- receiver routes. You know, no one's a designated X, no one's a designated Z, no one's a designated slot. But I think we we have enough sample size on a lot of these guys that it's like, no, this is where these players are most optimal. So if we're going to keep throwing Sky Moore out there to be running slot, you know, deep sideline routes when he's not effective and athletic enough to do it. Those are kind of wasted downs. It's like we got to be putting Justin Watson out there who can catch deep balls. We need to put our boy Justin Ross out there who's shown that he can Ross anybody. So, I mean, Andy likes to play around, right? We see him kind of test things earlier on in the season. Earlier part of our schedule is the easier part. So maybe right now he's just kind of getting a diagnostic feel and he's going to kind of ramp things up towards the end of the year. I don't know. But I think that's the only way this current iteration of this offensive roster can make it work. Yeah, a couple a couple things to say positive about is we did hear Patrick Mahomes say that Justin Ross is being eased into this offense and that it seems like, you know, as long as he is producing, which he is, he had two big plays. Uh, he had uh, two two receptions for 28 yards, but an average of 14 um, and one long of 20. So, I mean, we, we do see some elements of him but we know that he might be on a pitch count right now and it looks like that might be trending up as you said I think Andy has some stuff there Rasheed Rice as well another pretty solid game four for 33 on five targets with a touchdown uh pretty great so I think those two if we can see a lot more from them and we see one of them emerge as a solid wide receiver one I think there's hope but like you said I don't know if there's any hope for our guy for our guy Marquez Valdez Scantley two targets one reception for 12 yards I mean that's unacceptable for someone that like you said is debatably wide receiver one and then we had Sky Moore right two for two with 11 yards I mean these are guys that are supposed that were Super Bowl champions that are supposed to um, progress in this system and it looks like they're not Reese no that's what's really frustrating is that I'm not too soon or I think it's too soon to call Sky Moore a bust I mean, look at Brandon Ayuk, you know, who's first few years in San Francisco, he really struggled. Now he's a breakout, you yeah. know, demigod. He had for some them. character problems, though. He's he, he's a he's a character guy. He is. He is. But I mean, Sky, it's like, I don't know if we're not utilizing him right. I've been watching recaps saying that like he's actually getting separation. Pat's just not looking for him. I don't know if that means Pat doesn't trust him yet or if his hands aren't there or what. Hmm. But, I mean, dude, I, I was one of the bigger Sky truthers at the beginning of this year. I think you might remember. But so far, I'm seriously concerned. That I think he has multiple games with zero receptions. It's just like that's just not going to cut it, dude. 
Yeah, it's really not. And and like I said, more concerning the elephant in the room is is the health of Travis Kelsey, right? If Travis isn't going to stay upright, if Travis isn't going to find, um, you know, we can't have him in the zones, finding those soft spots and really exposing a lot of the double coverages. Um, I don't see if there's a path for success for MVS for Sky Moore because they eat when Travis Kelsey is healthy and he's finding those soft zones. But if we don't have him out there and then you have a one-on-one matchup with Marquez Valdez-Scanley with Sky Moore, more. Um, it just seems like things are not going in the right direction for both those guys. So I'm really crossing my fingers on a Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross. Reese, I was going to talk about this later on in the podcast, but why don't we talk about it now? Because we're on the wide receivers. We're hearing that McCole Hardman is not being used in New York, and it seems like they might be moving on from him. Not only that, but it seems like Juju Smith-Schuster is not having a great time in New England as well. Reese, if you can grab one or both if you're Brett Veach, do you make a phone call to either the Patriots or the Jets? I probably don't call about Juju because of his price tag and the fact that, as we know, his knee is like apparently ready to explode at any given time. If Juju was playing like he was last year, then maybe. I would maybe take a flyer on McCole Hardman if only because we know how to utilize him properly, even if he's not a huge contributor. But we know what we get with McCole Hardman. He knows this offense, and he could be the jolt we need to get something going. What do you think? It was it was only a week. Uh, sorry, one year and a week ago when McCole Hardman scored four touchdowns against the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> and I remember that specifically because it was the day after my son was born. Um, nice. So, yes, it's a very momentous day for me. And also, I think that Reese, this iteration of Sky Moore, is it better than, you know, the streaks of um, McCole Hardman last year? Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. We, the only potential even streak, if you want to call it that, we've seen from Sky was that second game against the Chargers last year. We were really depleted, and he kind of stepped up in that game. I can't remember his stats. I don't have him in front of me, but he showed out. I, I'm still waiting for that Sky more. I don't know why he hasn't been able to build that kind of rapport with Pat, which, again, is this Andy keeps moving all the receivers around to different routes, so Pat's not able to kind of get a feel for, oh, well, I know Sky usually finds some soft spots in the coverage around this deep. Oh, there he is. But I don't know what to think with him anymore at this point. Yeah, and that's and that's why I think if we plug and play a McCole Hardman into the Sky Moore role, say in the playoffs, I would feel more comfortable with that because even though we have we see hot streaks from uh, from McCole Hardman, at least we know he knows the system and we know that Patrick has a better rapport with uh, McCole than he does Sky Moore at this present time. Um, so I'm I'm crossing my fingers that you know we we throw a flyer. He's probably not going to be that expensive anyway. I don't know the numbers, but uh, behind McCole Hardman's contract, but why not, man? I wonder. I mean, I don't know the cap situation right now, but like, if you could trade Richie James for McCole Hardman straight up right now, would you? Heartbeat, absolutely. Yeah, I think I would too, to be honest. Because Ugh. because Richie Richie James was supposed to be this wonderful punt punt receiver, and now we're going with like this random dude that we just picked up, and he's doing well. Dude, I love this random dude we picked up. I think his name is Washington. Dude, it, it, yeah, it Mon- fills me Mon- with Montreux so much. Washington. Yeah, it fills me with so much joy just to have like a punt back there and be like, this guy looks like stable, like he's gonna catch this punt and not do anything stupid. He can catch with a it. punt. <laughs> yeah, insane! What a luxury that is. Dave. 
Oh, Dave Tube. I was about to say. All right. Uh, so I, I think I think we've talked about the offense enough, Reese. Um, but let's stay tuned for maybe a McCole Hardman trade. I think some things are buzzing. Uh, uh, Brett Veach, please be on the phone looking for someone out there because I I don't trust Kelsey's ankle right now. I know he looked good uh, when he came back in the second half, and I know he's looked good at practice the next the last couple of days. But he is he is one roll away, man, for some for some hurt. So I'm I'm really crossing my fingers. Let's let's make a move out there. Yeah, I think last thing I'll say is that this game has only you know strengthened the point that this is the year that Father Time is catching up to Travis Kelsey. It looks like, and because of that, we are out of time when it comes to finding his heir apparent, be it a tight end or a wide receiver one in the draft. We don't have time to keep throwing darts at these small school second round wide receivers with some upside and seeing if they pan out. No. We're seeing what's going on. We need to get Kelsey's replacement sometime this offseason. Absolutely. All right, well, Reese, let's switch over to the defense, which looked pretty good and is is the bright light of the entire season. And let's get specific here. We had Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the NFL, going up against our corners. And I, I said a couple weeks ago, I said, I'm looking forward to this matchup because finally we get to see what our corners are made of. And Reese, I think they're made of some fine, fine stuff. We had Justin Jefferson targeted six times, only three catches for 28 yards. Mm. Reese, how impressed were you by Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie? This is probably the best job we've done at locking down a wide receiver one, a star wide receiver one, since that 2020 AFC Championship game against the Bills when I think Stephon Diggs was on a tear that year, and I think we, we shut him mm. down for under 30 yards or something like that. I mean, Justin Jefferson's a star talent, and had he stayed in the game, yeah, he probably finishes closer to 50 or 60 yards. But while he was in there, you saw it. Legereus Sneed was giving him the business. He wasn't afraid to match up with him physically. And on times when he wasn't on him, Trent McDuffie was out there doing his sheepdog shagging man, and he was stopping him from making any sort of impact on this game. Same thing goes for TJ Hawkinson, who's probably one of the top three tight ends in this game. He was there. He had some drops. But some of those drops were because we put him in really difficult situations for Kirk to get the ball in there, threw it too high, threw it too fast, didn't connect. So hats off to the best cornerback tandem in the NFL, Legereus Need and Trent McDuffie. Wow, Reese, we go from we go from doo-doo number one to doo-doo number two to I also agree. I think having the two best corners in the NFL, PFF also agrees where Trent McDuffie has the highest rated PFF grade in the NFL right now, making him the best corner. Um, yeah, he played incredibly aggressive. And not only that, Reese, but I think this is how a, um, a, a Spags defense works. You have two, uh, I guess we have to say the word elite now because we just said they're the two best corners we have two elite corners that allow for his blitz packages to finally work because that's the reason why they weren't working is because we had one-on-one Traverius Ward we had one-on-one Rashad Fenton um, but we, we we have a great showing from Trent McDuffie not only in coverage but also blitzing Kirk Cousins we had him hitting Kirk three times today we had Leo Chenault really um, doing great we had that sack tackle 
and a tackle for a loss, actually. Um, so this allows Spag's defense to really come into fruition finally. Um, so remember you and I last year, we were we were asking for, you know, the, the old pink slip for Spags. I think Spags is here to stay as long as we have elite corners. Yeah, I think he got really lucky that a lot of the guys he picked last year developed and developed quickly. Uh, and I also, I stand by it, I think he's changing his play calling style just a little bit. He's not sending hmm. extra men all the time on third and long and leaving some of these guys one-on-one in an island to get burned. Uh, you know, I, I have a hot take here. Oh. Can, can I share one more Let's hot take? Uh, Two hot takes, and I haven't had one yet. Jesus. If Sauce Gardner didn't have a funny nickname for his name, Trent McDuffie would be talked about way more than Sauce Gardner would. Absolutely. And, I mean, and, and and Trent Trent is never on social media either. He's he's not he's not a social media guy. Sauce, that's what he does. No, I, I totally believe it because like I, I've watched Sauce Gardner play. He's a really physical dude. He's like Richard Sherman, you know, like he's gonna hold you every play and his entire prerogative is like, I'm gonna be physical and hold you and like they're, they're just not gonna get like call me for it because I'm a star player. Dude, you know what else? If he had left his like original name, Ahmad Gardner, that's ten times more hardcore and lockdown corner sounding than Sauce. Are you kidding me? That's a top five name. <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah, no, that that is actually a really good name. But uh, I I I I believe it. We have stats. PFF ranks Trent McDuffie over Sauce slash Ahmad Gardner. Oh. Um, I'm really excited about this. And Reese, also, not that we need to dive into um, our front four, but Charles Amenehu comes back next week, baby. Oh, our, man. I mean, I mean, Chris Jones is already cooking, man. Chris Jones is having one of the greatest seasons he's ever had. And now we add probably the best pass rusher on that front four, right? We saw him with the 49ers cook, and we're going to have him next to CJ. Oh, good boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, and it's not a moment too soon as well, because I think that like blistering hot start our defensive line had at the beginning of the year is kind of starting to regress back to their mean. I mean, they've been fine the last two games against the Jets and the Vikings, but you've seen it. Zach Wilson and Kirk Cousins especially had far more time in the pocket than they should have, especially considering the fact that both teams' offensive lines are nothing to write home about. I think that's actually partially why this game was so close and that Kirk Cousins feasted so much is because we just couldn't get any pressure on him for a majority of the game. He was sitting back there in the pocket just picking us apart when he had time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, FAU and George Karloftis only have one tackle each, and actually FAU only got to Kirk once, uh, having one QB hit. Uh, but but we have, like I said, Chris Jones had three QB hits. Mike Dana had two. Trey McDuffie had three QB hits. I mean, incredible showing from them. But like you said, on the, on the defensive end, that's where we're really lacking right now. So hopefully, um, adding Charles Amenehu in there, oh, it's really gonna. It might change. Actually, I would even say we put a menahue in there and then put dana um as one of our edge rushers maybe taking over for fau yeah no i could totally see that uh you know dan has been having a really good career and it is a contact season for him or contract season for him so i'd like to see him kind of play out mm. and get some of that money and stay with our team but no i think a menahue coming back is only going to add more depth and more talent to this defensive line that's already performing really well I'm happy with how the linebackers have been looking overall, you know, especially with uh, uh, Leo, not Leo, Tranquil. Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil. I can't talk. Drew Tranquil getting nine, that green dot for the last tackles. couple games. So 
I think we have good players at every level. And let's not forget that Mike Edwards is a sneaky good pickup for that safety position. I feel confident in this defense, but it's time to see now if this is just a very good defense like we had with a lot of the Alex Smith years, or if this is potentially you know, like a top-tier defense that you can win the Super Bowl behind with average to below average offensive output. Yeah, not and also which we haven't mentioned yet, Nick Bolton will also be back for the Thursday night game. Um, so let's 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 not judge our success of our defense based on the Thursday night game against the Broncos because that should be a pretty good game. Although I've been seeing a ton of stuff on Russell Wilson saying that he's actually been playing well this season. Um, I don't think that's going to happen on Thursday. Reese, shall we just go into a little Thursday preview and end it there? Do you have anything else to say about this Vikings game? Um, let me think on this. No, I got nothing to add to the Vikings game. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, neither can I because I don't think there was anything else controversial. It was, it was a, it, it was a emphatic win by the Kansas City Chiefs. Hats off to Kirk Cousins for balling out, man. What did he have? 284 yards with two touchdowns. I mean, dude is a beast. I hope he's able to stay in that Vikings offense, man, and cook with with his boy Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne. By the way, KJ Osborne is a great fantasy pickup if if you like fantasy there because Justin Jefferson's out for the next six weeks. Look for KJ Osborne in the waiver wire. But yeah, if you think this game's good, Reese, we can move on. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just say I think Addison's one of the best rookie wide receivers in the class so far this year. He proved that he belongs, and he's another guy I wish the Chiefs would have gotten. Uh, I think as well, this Vikings team is probably the best 1-4 team of all time. And I, I mean, you have to remember, the Chiefs started 1-4. I think it was Alex Smith's second or third year, and they ripped off a bunch of wins and wound up making the wild card. You know, I, I can see the Vikings team doing this as well, especially in an NFC North that doesn't seem that difficult. Provided they don't decide to tank... I would not tank, and I think this is a team that could still make the playoffs and get really hot in process. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if Kurt Cousins is having the career of his, of his life, sorry, the season of his life with incredible offensive weapons, if they can go, you know, three and one or maybe even two and two while Justin Jefferson's gone, yeah, why not? Why not make a push, deal with your defense, figure figure the defensive schemes out, and then try to make a push? So good, good job. Shout out to all our Vikings fans out there for having a great team. Yeah, dude. I like what you said. If you go three and one three times, which I think is doable, you're in the playoffs. Yeah, no Perfect. question. Hats off to them. All right, Reese, why don't you give me a score prediction for this Thursday night game against the Denver Broncos, which, again, I forget the last time that we uh, we uh, lost to the Denver Broncos, but, again, I think it was, I don't know, I was like four years old. Here's, here's my favorite stat that I saw on this. Uh, I got two Broncos stats for you. The Broncos have more recently won the Super Bowl than beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And we know how absolutely doo-doo they've been. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl in 2016. Wow. And we beat them the second game of that season. Should have beaten them both games if Jamal Charles hadn't fumbled with like a minute left and it was a scoop and score. That was stupid. But stat number two, the Broncos have still only beaten Kansas City once since I have moved to Kansas City, and that was the aforementioned Jamal Charles fumble game that we had locked up otherwise. So we are on, I believe it's a 16-game streak on them. Does that sound right? Wow. Yep. I, I want to say even more. I thought last year was 16. Now here's where my concern comes from, though. This is a double whammy here, all pun intended. The Broncos are going to be just absolutely thirsty to finally break that streak and beat us. That would be a win for him for the entire season if they beat us. Sean Payton 
has absolutely fallen on his face and looks like a clown, but what would save his season and his credentials? If he can beat Ohio State, a.k.a. the Chiefs. So I think yeah. I would not be shocked at all to see this game get very chippy, to see Sean Payton pulling out some of his bounty gate bat game type stuff to be like, yeah, you know, if you could roll on Mahomes' ankles, you know, while you're down on the ground, just make it look, you know, like it's an accident. That's totally fine. You know, Kelsey's got a gimp ankle too. Like, chop block him if you can. You know, stuff that's just like scummy. So I think we're in for a game, actually. Wow, interesting. I, I I don't know. I think it's only a game if Andy decides to sit Kelsey. I think if if he just says, "Hey, maybe maybe we do take the L this game just to make sure that we can sit you and get you healthy, especially for the Chargers game, as we've seen this Chargers offense cooking as of recently." Um, so that's the only way I can see it because again, they just dropped Randy Gregory for no reason, um, and I don't know what's going on with this Broncos team. I don't know if Sean Payton is now implementing the uh, the uh, tank so they can move on from Russell Wilson and try to go for the Caleb Williams um the Caleb Williams sweepstakes so we'll see I don't I don't know if I like anything from this Broncos uh team other than their offense I, I will say statistically it seems like Russ is doing well so so don't be shocked if Russ starts you know he throws for three touchdowns um because it seems like he is doing well it's just their defense isn't uh is not getting the job done yeah, one thing I will say during this streak, from all the quarterbacks we've seen, from freaking Paxton Lynch now to Russell Wilson, minus maybe one or two of these games, they've all been very weird games and deceptively close games. And like we said, this is still a division game, so I would expect a really close, really sloppy game, even more frustratingly so if Travis Kelsey does sit, which, in my opinion, I think they should sit him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they should sit him too. And this this Broncos defense is so bad that I think we should beat him again. Um, uh, the Jets put up 31 points. The Bears put up 28 points. The Commanders put up 35 points. And of course, the Dolphins, 70. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is all to say too that like ever since that Super Bowl run in 2015-2016, the Broncos have always had a pretty staunch defense. They managed to kind of hold that together even last year. I think this is the year the, the the wheels have finally fallen off of the Broncos have a great defense, and now at best it's an average to below average defense, which I am here for, let me tell you. So I would <laughs> love this to be a get-right game, kind of like the Chicago Bears, and we just go out there and stunt on them. Have a, give, us, give us a score prediction Thursday night, primetime, baby. Uh... I'm going to say 30-23 Chiefs. I'll say 35-20 Chiefs. Oh, babe. If it's 35-20, I'll be so happy. I'll be so happy. I, look, if if, uh, if if Zach Wilson can put up 35 points, or sorry, 31 points, Pat better put up 35. <laughs> Dude, also, in the sake of having like college football teams have like all those great rivalry trophy games, there now needs to be one between the Jets and the Broncos. It's just like the golden hackett. <laughs> Dude, 100%. Minnesota, Wisconsin have the Paul Bunyan axe. It's hardcore looking. We need the golden hackett trophy. Dude, shout out, shout out to uh, to Hackett out there in uh, in New York for getting the job done, and then uh, and then Sala question questionably saying to Sean Payne at the end of the game, "Stay humble." Yeah, man, stay humble, Kendrick Lamar, baby. 
Kendrick Lamar, stay humble. The the Found City Sports Media will stay humble as well as we are uh, doing this makeshift podcast. But again, we do it for the fans. Um, no matter how busy we are, we are always there for you guys. So go ahead and, and give us a shout on social media. And if you like us so much, please donate on Patreon. Reese, anything before we head out? Uh, no, I think it's been a fun show. I'll, I'll come back from hiding when I know it's safe. When society is ready to take me in for what I am, not their perception of who I'm supposed to be. And if you donate $3,000 on Patreon, Reese will reenact the entire Dark Knight series for you in his Christian Bale voice. But until then, this is regular Reese, a.k.a. Referee, a.k.a. the recent Carnet Bach Lesnar, and this is Hot Tech Mondo, and we will see you next week. Stay tuned for uh, Thursday Night Football. It's going to be a great game for us. So let's go Chiefs! Chiefs! City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.